Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Pastor Matthew Fuller. Good morning. How are we doing today? You guys ready to blow some stuff up tonight? Starting church. Here we go. I am very excited to be preaching. It has been a long time. I feel like i got to dust this little microphone off here. So if you bear with me, I need lots of amens today. As I, I, There we go. I need a couple of hallelujahs. <laughs> I'm super excited to be able to preach this morning. I've been on a little bit of a, a break as I was going through uh, the reconstruction process of this sanctuary here that we are all sitting in. Hallelujah. There we go. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let me get one more of those real quick. <laughs> All right. I feel like voice activated. I just have to. <laughs> uh, we've been doing the, uh, a series on Ephesians, and we're going to do, uh, we're going to go through Ephesians chapter 3 this morning. Very excited about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, we got a. Fun bunch of people in here this morning. They're all well rested. What's happening up here? Amen. Amen. I'm really excited. I have brisket on right now. I have two pork shoulders going right now. Three racks of ribs. Two whole chickens. And about ten people coming over. (laughs) I'm excited to be able to eat some meat and shoot some fireworks tonight. This is a great day for us. This is a great day. There's honestly, I feel like we take this, this weekend, this holiday for granted. There are countries all over this nation that don't have the privilege to be able to do what we are doing right now. We're able to live in a country that's free from the institution of the, the government instituted religion. That's what the, the independence was for or one big reason of it. Amen. Super exciting. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to get into this this morning. I'm super excited about this message today. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians 3, verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Now, I want us to take a real quick second here and, and take a step back because he actually said something. Paul is writing this letter from prison. He is actually jailed by the Romans at this time. And he's saying this, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you. Now, he was a prisoner by the Romans, but he is saying that he is a prisoner of Jesus Christ for your sake. You know, we've all been going through a lot of uh, interesting circumstances and because of maybe the callings that we, that we find ourselves in, the positions that God has placed us in, it is really easy to find ourselves fall into a victim mindset. But Paul, he's actually, he's jailed by the Romans, and he is so content, he is so convinced that what he does here upon this earth is only because Jesus has called him to do it, that he is actually identifying himself with his heavenly calling as a prisoner of Christ, not as a prisoner upon this earth. 
You see, he's actually so convinced in the calling that he was given that he's not saying, I am here as a prisoner because of you, but I am here as a prisoner for you. I am a prisoner in this prison for your sake that you would know the mystery. He is actually knows the purpose and the plan that he was placed here upon this earth so that no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance came his way, he did not come under it, but it was a part of what he was called to do for the sake of the Gentiles. And I think there's something extremely important that we can learn through that process. As I mentioned, we've all been going through different things. How many want to give me an amen on that? Ooh, we have been going through it. Hallelujah. And it is for the sake of the gospel. It's not because of the gospel that we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are contrary to the ways of this world that says the world's judgment of success is. But it's because he has called us for the sake of the gospel that we have found ourselves in the situations and the circumstances that we have ourselves in. So for that sake, I can't live a victim to my circumstances that come to me, but I get to live as an overcomer. I get to live for the purposes of God here upon the earth. The Bible says to be thankful for all things, not just the good, but all things. Man, that's something, I probably said that every message that I've preached over those last few years, because I'm preaching it to myself as I'm up here. I am thankful for all things. I'm thankful for the circumstances that I found myself in. I'm thankful for these last 10 months that have been the hardest 10 months of my life. Thank you, Lord. Had I not gone through them, I wouldn't have been able to see you in a way that I get to see you now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Am I so grateful for the, the, I am so glad that a man went 60 miles an hour and rear-ended my wife. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for her car accident. Thank you, Jesus, that this sanctuary flooded. Oh, I'm so grateful for the fact. Imagine if it hadn't have flooded and winter was easy. Oh! Just imagine for a second if winter was easy. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, Lord, thank you, God. I, would have, I don't know what I would have done with those hundreds of thousands of dollars that I lost through COVID. I didn't want those anyway, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I could just sit at home and lose money. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for those people that have left me, for those people that have gone on to bigger and better things in their life. I am thankful for them, God. Thank you, Lord, for them. Thank you, God, for absolutely no reason be announced to me that they are not in my life anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We all have to be thankful in every single circumstance or situation that comes in our life because it's for his gospel. Do you believe that you are where he has called you to be? If so, it is for the sake of the gospel, not because of the gospel. We aren't victims by the things that have happened to us. We are running for Jesus here upon this earth. All right, moving on. Verse three. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, hallelujah, of the same body and the partakers of his promise in Christ 
through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. We have now become fellow heirs with the promise. Because of what Jesus has done, he has broken down the middle wall of separation. It is no longer a chosen people in the rest of the world. We are all partakers of the promise. We all, because of the blood of Jesus, get to enter into the promises that Jesus has spoken. And we get to live with him for all of eternity. Hallelujah, man, that is something that'll get your eyes off of this world is when we realize how temporal the things, and the, the things that we are going through actually are. He has broken down the middle wall of separation. I am now made righteous by the blood of Jesus and this life that I live, I now live through him here upon this earth. The things that I get to do upon this earth are nothing more than the ability to, to shine Jesus to, my, to the people that I come into contact with. That is super exciting. Verse eight, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Listen to this. And to make all see what the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus. He just said a key here. You see, we find ourselves as if this relationship with Jesus was the backup plan. But he actually says that this mystery was hidden from the beginning of the ages. This plan for the church to arise in the hour and to come to light was actually the original plan. And it says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. You see, this, this changes my understanding. This changes the way that I walk with God when I realize that the salvation that I have isn't actually just meant to be a personal experience, but it actually says that it, it is for the intent that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. You see this mystery that actually in 1 Peter, it says the angels actually desire to look into it. That God, in his manifold wisdom, from the beginning of ages, had this plan to create a people in his image with the capability to live in a life contrary to the original design for which it was designed in, then chose, after they fall, after they fell, after they rebelled, chose, instead of snapping his fingers and starting over and going for round two, chose to sacrifice his son for the redemption of those people. This is so that the manifold wisdom of God could be displayed to principalities and powers in heavenly places. You see, this life that we're at living isn't just like a, hey, I'm struggling and then I hope that I make it to heaven. It is actually the wisdom of God that he has sacrificed his son. He is showing principalities and powers as if there's a play that all heaven and hell are looking at, he is actually displaying through the church 
his wisdom. That's mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling to me that this wasn't the backup plan. It says that this was hidden since the beginning of ages, that now it would be revealed through you. So you, as a person that is broken, believing by faith in Jesus, becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus, living righteously, it says that now we have confidence and boldness and access to him by faith, was the whole plan from the very beginning. So that his wisdom could be displayed. As if he's saying, angels, look at this is how I actually am. Look at my church. This is the manifold wisdom, the multifaceted wisdom that I have looks like making a creation that I'm willing to die for. It looks like making a creation that I'm giving freedom to, that I'm giving a choice to live righteously or to not, that even though we chose not to, he then sent his son. Angels, this is what my wisdom actually looks like to be displayed through the church. Well, see, when we understand that, when we really truly believe that, then we can actually walk in what he says here at the end. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. See, we're not trying to live up to plan A anymore. We're just believing in the blood of Jesus. We're not trying to live up to plan A, which is the letter of the law. To act righteously, we're having faith in Jesus Christ that by his righteousness, I am made whole. And it is now his life being displayed through me so that his manifold wisdom through my brokenness can be displayed to principalities and powers gives me an ease in my walk with him. He's not upset with you, he's, he's displaying his wisdom through you. Verse 13, therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father our Lord Jesus Christ, from who the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What a beautiful picture that is to think about the fact that I have family that is in heaven right now. The whole family in Christ, those that have gone before me, those that have run the race before me, that I am now continuing in the things that they have put into motion here upon this earth, that I belong to a heavenly family just as much as I do those that I can see with my eyes who the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That word dwell is also translated as tabernacle. That Christ would tabernacle in your hearts through faith. See, uh, Pastor Max a few weeks ago spoke on the Holy of Holies and how when the high priest would enter it, they would actually put a rope around a, his, his waist just in case if he had you know, uh, sinned or had anything that he hadn't atoned for, he would die in the presence of God and they would pull him out by the rope. In the, in the Old Testament, it took all this self-service and, and sacrifice in order to enter into the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, his sacrifice 
put the Holy of Holies inside of you. His sacrifice put the Holy of Holies inside of you. And he's praying this prayer that you would be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man. See, I believe that this, the, the things, the trials that we have gone through in life are nothing more than the ability for Christ to fully tabernacle in our lives. We need strength by the spirit as we are being transformed in the image of Christ. You see, when he's dwelling, when, if, if you actually think about a house, when Christ is dwelling in you like he's dwelling in a house, he's rearranging absolutely everything so it looks like the way it was meant to look. And we need strength to be able to walk this walk here, to be able to walk through the transforming power that Christ has when he tabernacles within your life. So as we are being transformed into his image, there's, there's maybe sin patterns or unbelief, that are taking place that have been removed as a result of this past season. I am thankful for the season that we were able to walk through. As Jesus is dwelling in our lives, making us look like him. Because isn't that not the goal? That we would all reflect him here upon this earth. Everything that we are called to do, whether it's, it's work or it's preaching or it's parenting or it's, or it's going to the grocery store or driving our cars, maybe not driving our cars, I take a little break from being a Christian during that moment. And then uh, I like my horn too much. And then, but whatever it happens to be, the whole goal and the purpose of, of how we do that which we do is so that Christ can be seen through our lives. And Paul is praying this prayer knowing that no man, no natural man could stand up in the presence of God. He's praying that your inner man would be able to stand up as the presence of God is transforming your life. That you, verse 17, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all of the saints the width and length and depth and height. And then this, listen to this. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge. I was down in uh, North Carolina about a month ago now, I believe. Yeah, just, just less than a month, maybe three weeks ago. And it was right after this, the, we had finished this, the rebuild of the sanctuary. And I'd been wanting to take a couple of days away um, back in October, uh, but I got really busy on a sanctuary. And I thought, you know what, maybe it's time now to actually take those couple of days away. I'd spoken with my mom about it. She's like, man, you should really just take some time. So I'm talking to Rachel. We're out on a walk. It's about 10 o'clock on a Monday night, doing a late night walk with our dog, Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, Bob. Pray for Bob. Pray for me as Bob eats my Ray-Ban sunglasses, my AirPod Pros. Pray for Bob that he lives, actually. Um... So we're talking, and I said, you know, maybe I'll just go away, go over to Holland or something like that. And then I came in here Tuesday to our meeting, and we're talking. And as I'm looking, I just keep feeling this thing, Asheville, Asheville. I'm like, man, I remember going to Asheville, North Carolina. We honeymooned there. It was really um, a really beautiful place. And as Rachel and I are talking about this, my mom comes running out of her office, and she goes, hey, you ever think about, like, going to Asheville? 
as we're having this conversation, I'm like, Lord is in Asheville, apparently. So I book a flight and I, and I leave the next day and uh, fly down to Asheville, North Carolina. And it was just a really great time. Um, I went there thinking that I was going to seek direction from the Lord on, you know, what's next kind of thing. And, and I got there in the morning. Or I got there the next morning I woke up and the Lord said um, to me, don't come to me for anything. Just be with me on this trip. And I thought, wow, I just, I just snuck away on a vacation that I called Seeking the Lord. And uh, so I, I just took a vacation by myself for four days down, uh, down in Asheville. And well, I went to this little town called Black Mountain, right outside of Asheville. And this is actually where we, where we had a cabin and, and uh, had our honeymoon, was in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And uh, walking around and I'm asking uh, some of the locals there, uh, hey, do you know some beautiful places that I can go and read? And they're like, well, there's a garden over here. And I'm like, I want to, you know, I didn't just fly down here to look at a garden. I want to see some mountains. So I go into a mountain outfitter store and I say, is there something, something easy, you know, Michigan feet here, easy that I can walk on and go and sit and read all day? Well, mountain people are built different than us up here. He says, yeah, there's a quick day hike right around the corner. Day hike, what you all have in your head right now, is very different than his definition of day hike. And so I ended up day hiking up the side of a mountain, uh, about 1,500 feet. Uh, it was, the mountain was about 4,000 feet in elevation. I took about a 1,500-foot climb and was dead by the time I got to the top. So I get up to the top of that mountain, though, and I just start looking out and realizing just the majesty of God. You see, I know God as creator, but it was through that experience that I knew him as creator. This is what Paul is saying here, that you would have knowledge that surpasses, that you would know that that which surpasses knowledge. There's an experiential knowledge of the love of Christ that he has for us that Paul is praying that that we would experience as a church. And I'm up there on the mountaintop thinking I'm going to spend some time alone and I must have had a sign on or something that said, please talk to me. Every stranger that you could think of decided to talk to me. I have one of those faces that's kind of like a, please don't talk to me right now face. I'm aware of that. And for whatever reason, everybody thought it was time to talk to me. We talked about politics. We talked about gun control. At the top of a mountain, I flew down here to, to talk about politics apparently. And it was, it was beautiful. I had this guy from the South talking about his view, another person from Denver talking about their view, and I'm in the middle, like, looking at this happen. And then when COVID started happening, and all of these crazy conversations started taking place. Well, they left, and then this next group of uh, church kids came up. I thought it was party time on the mountain as I'm sitting there reading. Well, anyway, I'm up there for three hours talking with one person after another, and I go down, and... Uh, I go and I grab dinner and I'm, and, and I'm walking away and I'm just like, man, something took place in my heart as I was just sitting up there doing absolutely nothing, as I was just knowing who Jesus was beyond my knowing. And the next day I had heard while I was on that mountain that there was the tallest mountain east of the Mississippi was nearby. With my personality, that means I guess I'm going to the tallest mountain tomorrow. So the next day, I decide to hike again, and I hike up 6,400 feet in elevation, and I get to the top of this mountain, 
and it's uh, and I've got my Bible out and I'm making declarations over our country, over the world. I figure I'm I'm as close to heaven as possible, east of the Mississippi. They're probably going to be worth more up here, and so I'm doing the declarations, looking like a crazy person, right? Like I don't know anybody down there, so I hop up on a. There was a, I wanted to get as high as possible. Well, there was a bench, so I stood on the bench. And it's like a tourist, you can apparently drive up to the top of the mountain, which I didn't realize until I. <laughs> so there's like 40 people at the top of the mountain already that I hadn't seen on the trail and that were wearing, you know, like really nice clothes. And I was looking like a hobo that just walked up the side of a mountain. So I hop up on the bench and I'm making declarations. And I walk back down. I, I decide I gotta get back to my car. So I'm making the hike down, and it's a difficult, it's a difficult hike down. Um, the, the, the map said strenuous on it, which they were serious. And I'm in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. Nobody is hiking this path. I am by myself because everybody else decided to drive to the top. And there's this break in the trees. And all of a sudden, I see the beautiful mountain view again. And all of these mountains, and I had this image of God with this thumb, just carving the mountains. And there's something that took place in my soul in that moment. You see, I realized when I was up there, 6,000 feet up in the air and looking, I knew God is creator, and I knew that he loved me. But this is when I realized that this person, this powerful, to create these mountains, created me, an imperfect person, with the ability to fail him over and over and over again. And he still thought it was a good idea, instead of starting over, to kill his son for me. He thought, in his manifold wisdom to display to all of heaven and hell what his love actually looks like. The one that could have just snapped. See, something inside of us happens when we know the love of Christ beyond knowing the love of Christ. You see, I believe that we have all been in this experience in life right now where it feels like we're hiking up the side of a mountain and all we can see is trees. When you're on that path, you literally, all you do is you look down and all you can see is the next rock that's in front of you. All you can see is the next barrier that stands in your way. And many of us have felt like this in life where all we can see is the next barrier. We're looking for the next marker on the tree to make sure that we're actually walking on the right path. We're hoping that we don't sprain our ankles and just die out here alone. And then there becomes these little breaks in the trees when we get to see the love of Jesus for what it actually is that we would never have been able to experience had we not decided to climb the mountain. He says that you would comprehend with all of the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. 
You see, there's people in this room right now, they're already at the top of the mountain. Maybe you're experiencing in life right now that you are experiencing a mountaintop moment that Jesus has never been closer and you're super excited about that. But there are others that are walking on that path right now, just waiting to get to the top, just waiting for a break, just need a little bit of breakthrough. I'm telling you, you cannot experience the mountaintop experience without the climb. It may seem like it's difficult right now, but you're just climbing to know Christ in a way that goes beyond just knowledge, but is actually experienced through your life. So that those that you can come into contact, that you're not just giving them words, but you can display to them the love of Christ. The love that surpasses knowledge, the love that says he stayed with me up the side of the mountain. The love that's that's shouting down to the brothers and sisters that are still struggling up the climb, that are saying, don't worry, the air's great up here. Just a little bit farther, you can make it. I promise you he's gonna be with you. I promise you he's gonna be with you. It may seem like just a boulder or just another route in the way, another path, another marker, one more breath, but I promise you the struggles that you are facing within life is so that, you're, so that Christ may dwell in you richly, so that your inner man would actually be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, so that this world can see Jesus for who he truly is. He didn't come and just leave a book. He came to dwell within you. He came to dwell among his people, to dwell upon this earth so that they would know, so that they would know that who he is beyond just words on a page, but that he would truly be Christ with you, the hope of glory, that he would actually be seen here upon this earth, not just words that are given, not just writings on a page, but experience, experiential knowledge of the love of Christ. This is what Paul is praying for, that each and every one of us, that we may comprehend together as a community, as a church, to display the manifold wisdom of God, what the love of Christ actually looks like. Now I know, just because I know most of you, many of you in here on a personal level, I know the struggles that you've gone through. I'm telling you, there are breaks on the path if you could just take the time to see them. Look, I've been hiking up a mountain, it seems like, for two years. Experiencing some of the most difficult times that I've ever experienced in my life. But there are breaks on the path if you would just take time to sit down and look at the beauty that is all around. We can be so focused on the trail, trying to make it to the top, trying to make it to the destination, that we don't even look at the trees, that we're not even looking and breathing the air in that we're living right now. We're alive and he is with us. And he is transforming us to look more like him. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the same way that Paul prayed this prayer, that you would strengthen us with might through your spirit in the inner man, that Christ, you may dwell within us, that you would tabernacle in our lives, Lord, every area that we have hidden from you, that we've thought we're trying to hide from you, God, take them. Transform those to look like you, God. All doubt and unbelief, Lord, transform it to look the way that you had designed it to look. 
God, we take a moment right now. We look up from the walk left, right, the mundane of life, the path that we're just trying to survive on. We take a breath in, Lord, and rest in this life that you have given us. Thank you, Jesus, that we're not in plan B, we're not in the afterthought covenant. This is the mystery that was hidden since the beginning of all ages, that you are displaying through our lives. That yes, we're not gonna be perfect, but we are made perfect by your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing in our lives. And I ask, Lord, right now, that there would just be a rest that would come in to the, the, to the community of the well, Lord, that there would be a rest, that there would be a knowing of the love of God beyond anything we've ever experienced before. Lord, we're thankful for the hardship in life that we get to see you in ways we would have never seen you before. We get to believe in you in ways that we would have never had to believe before. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your life flowing through us, God. And I thank you, God, for rest. I just speak rest over this church right now, rest to minds. I just feel just the racing anxiety that has been taking place in people's minds, the demonic assault that has been trying to, to raise fear up, to try to bring understanding, to, to, to suffocate through the cares of this world. I speak a silencing to those things right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to come up higher out of the circumstances, God, and say that we are in them for your purpose, God. Not because of what people have done, but for your purpose. Thank you, Lord, for transforming minds right now. I just even feel right now, just minds being unlocked to be able to hear and to see him for who he truly is. I just see just such a, just a dusting off. I'm reminded of the flame, the, the priests upon the altar, they would come and they would have to remove the ashes off of the altar before they would add new wood to that flame to keep the fire burning. As important as it was to add wood, it was just as important to remove those ashes so that the fire wasn't suffocated. Jesus, you're removing those ashes right now, those things that are trying to suffocate the fire. Well, maybe we're trying to get hungry. We're trying to get hungry and hungry and hungry and keep the fire burning. But Lord, right now, you're removing those ashes, the cares of this world, the cares of this life, so that the main thing becomes the main thing again, and that is Jesus Christ. You being seen here upon this earth, we reprioritize our lives. And we say yes to what it is that you have called us to. We're excited to do it for those that are lost and that are dying here upon this earth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just take a moment. I want you to just take a moment with the Lord and just those things that are coming to mind right now that have been weighing you down, just watch them get nailed to the cross. The finances, the checkbook not balancing, all of them things that are so temporary that are distracting us from living life with him. 
Just take a big old deep breath. Let it all out. All fear is getting removed, crushed by his love. When we're reminded how great his love actually is for us. He's not letting anything stand in the way of his purposes here upon this earth. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for becoming center stage in everything that we are doing. We repent right now for putting things, people, situations, dreams, desires above you. We repent, God, from being distracted by what other people have done in our lives. Distracted for minimizing you and your calling and your purposes here upon this earth, minimizing you to our human experience. And we believe what your word says. I thank you, Lord, for a release of those mountaintop experiences that this church would know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.